Thank you. Thank you, Pastor Pete. That's a great welcome. It's always great to be here in Whangarei with uh, this great group of people. We love you. And it's like family. It's like coming home for us. It's great to be here with my wife, Maggie. And uh, we really do enjoy being with you and love to share with you some of the good things that, that God is doing. And uh, some of you have been down to conference. How many got to conference this year? Uh, it was just awesome, wasn't it? A blast. It was great. I tell you what, you know, book it in for next year if you couldn't make it this year because it's well worth spending a few days getting into the presence of God uh, like that. I got something to share with you today that uh, is, uh, I feel is really, really important. And I, I've entitled it God Overrules. And uh, in the Bible says this. The Bible says, we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose for them. You know, today, maybe, you know, you feel stuck or restricted. Sometimes it can be because of, of a past mistake uh, in your life or an addiction, a health matter that you're desperate to see change in. could be a situation you can't control, you know, an event from the past. Sometimes things that have happened way back in our life, they come back to our memories, and, and when the memory of what happened at that time uh, comes to mind. It's like all the emotions and feelings and, and feelings of shame or loss or whatever come with it. And it's, it's like it stops us. It makes us feel like we can't progress and we can't move on. Well, you know, today we're going to talk about the God that overrules. All of us face limiting situations but the good thing is God can overturn those areas you feel will block you from moving forward. David said this in Psalm 93. He said, my enemies retreated. They staggered and died when you appeared. For you judged in my favor from your throne. You have judged with fairness. You know, David fought many enemies, many battles. I think there is somebody said there are 40 uh, in, in the Bible. You know, he won every one of his battles, sometimes against great armies. Strategies were different for every uh, conflict he got involved in. But each time before he went to battle, he sought the face of God and God led him. But, you know, it wasn't just armies that were out there that David defeated. He had enemies within, within his own life. He had a, his own areas of weakness and temptation and sin in his life. And there were consequences for the sin that he engaged in. But you know, despite all of those failings in David's life, you know, God overruled again and again because of David's love for God and God's love for David. And it's exactly the same in your life. You know, whatever you're facing today, I don't care what it is. I don't care if it's sickness or depression, fear, temptation, addiction. You know, get ready because today God is going to judge in your favor. What has stopped you in the past is going to stop you no more. Today is the time to say enough is enough. God, come break through in my situation. You know, in New Zealand, we have a legal system. There are all sorts of different courts. There's a family court. There's uh, district courts. There are high courts. There's court of appeal, Supreme Court, and some of the First courts I mentioned, they, they are called lower courts. And so if you go to a lower court and a, and a verdict comes out, it doesn't mean that verdict is final. Because if you're not happy with 
the judgment that's been made, you can appeal to a higher court. And if the higher court sees things differently and they bring out a different verdict in your favor, that overrules the lower court because they have more authority. And you see, in your life, judgments have been made about you probably all through your life since you were a kid, through every stage of life. People have had opinions about you. They've said things about you, things that have uh, put you down and, and said things like, you're no good, you'll never amount to anything. You'll never rise up. You made too many mistakes. You know, you're never going to ever get anywhere. Those things can have an impact on our life. They can start, they can cause self-doubt and self-condemnation. The worst thing is they can become self-talk. So even when somebody's saying nothing, we can think those things about ourselves and it stops us from moving forward into all that God has for us. What we have to understand that those sayings, those judgments are just the lower court. You know, they're not the final say at all. Don't allow those things to dictate what's going to happen in your life. You know, the lower court might say things like, you made all these mistakes, you'll never fulfill your destiny. You know, the higher court, God says this, overruled. My mercy is bigger than any mistake. The lower court says, you'll never get out of debt. You're always in trouble financially. Overruled. God says, I will provide all of your needs. You'll never break that addiction. You know, the Bible says who the sun sets free is free indeed. You've seen the medical report. You'll never get well. Overruled. I am the Lord, your healer. You've been single so long, you'll never meet the right person. You know, God has a way. He can lead us and guide us and direct our lives. Don't let the lower court decide, become permanent in your thinking. Don't let it discourage you where you stop believing. The lower court's ruling is only temporary. Your case is under review. And this is the great thing. In Psalm 91, and verse 1, it says this, Those who live in the shelter of the Most High will find rest in the shadow of the Almighty. Our God is the Most High God. That's his title. That's who he is. You see, the good news is this, is that he is the Most High God. He is the Supreme Court all by himself. Not only that, but you know, he's no stranger to you. You see, the judge who's reviewing your case, you're related to him. He's related to you. He's not some sort of distant cousin from, you know, twice removed from Europe or somewhere. He's your heavenly father. Man, he loves you. He's got, you know, everything going towards your life. His favor is towards you. He will judge in your favor. Sometimes, you know, we do, we can think, you know, it's like God versus the enemy. Like there's some sort of equal contest, darkness and light going on uh, over our lives. But, you know, the enemy is not an equal option. It is not God and the enemy. You see, God is the creator. God created the enemy. The enemy is a created being, an angel. But he's not just an angel. He's a fallen angel. He's lost his position. He's lost his authority. He's lost his place. He is defeated totally. And we need to understand just who we are and who he is. You see, he was never made in the image of God. But you are. Isn't that fantastic? Man, the advantage is that 
work towards you and who you are, leave no doubt as to the position of the enemy. And the trouble is, you know, if you see the enemy as being some powerful force that can stop you or determine your destiny, you're giving him power that he doesn't even have. When Jesus died on the cross, he defeated Satan once and for all. He defeated all the enemies of life and God's purpose. He broke the power of those. And, you know, when he was in the tomb for three days, he didn't just sort of go to sleep for three days and just sort of, oh, let's just stay here for a few days. That's a good idea. The Bible says that he marched into hell and he preached and proclaimed his victory. He demonstrated to all the souls in hell what they had missed out on and who he was. And he marched to Satan. He took the keys of death and hell. He took all the things and proclaimed the victory. And when he came out and rose from the dead and sat with his disciples, he said to them, he said to them, all authority on heaven and earth has been given to me. And then he gave it to the disciples. He gave it to you and to me, the authority in his name. You see, when the enemy sees you, he doesn't see you. He sees who you belong to. He rem- you remind him of all that he's lost and all that's been taken from him. You know, our job is not to win the victory. It's simply to enforce what has already been decided. You know, the Bible says, greater is he that's in you than he who is against you. If God is for us, who can be against us? He, God always causes you to triumph. We need to know which side we're on. God the Most High overrules. And we're going to look at some different areas. In all of your life experiences, God overrules. The Lord says, I will rescue. Look at this verse. Those who love me, I will protect them who trust my my name. When you call on me, I will answer. I will be with you in trouble. I will rescue and honor them. I will reward them with a long life. A long life, not some shortened thing that some medical practitioner has said, well, look, this is happening and you've only got this time and, and everything else. And we've got to listen to those reports and we need to be wise and do the things and, and follow advice and all of that stuff. But bottom line, we need to go to God because he is the one who overrules. He is the God. He is the Lord, our creator, and he watches over our life in every part of it. You know, I can look back in my life, and I'm sure that you can, that experiences in life that before I was ever a Christian, seeing God's hand at work in my life. I remember one time when three of us teenagers, another friend had loaned us their car. It was a, a V8 coupe. It was cool. It was, it was, it was mint condition, beautiful condition. And, and, and he said, take it for a spin. What a crazy thing to do. Give three teenagers your car. And so it was a Friday night, and, and we uh, shot out. I remember going out the southern motorway, and Friday night traffic about 7.30. You know, there's traffic going all over the, over the motorway there, and, and started to rain. And so the one who was driving the car, a bit of a hopeless driver, but anyway, they, they, they're coming up behind the car, and this car was just going a bit slow, and we wanted to go a bit faster. So, so they started to, so she decided to spin out to the next lane and put a foot down at the same time, which was, you know, the right thing to do, except for it's how far you put your foot down. 
So she put her foot right down and uh, turned the car to the outside lane, and the car went into a spin. And it started to spin. This is Friday night traffic, traffic going both ways, uh, just outside of Auckland. And I, I can still remember the car spinning around, you know, on our side of the motorway. And then it got over to the grass in the middle of the motorway, and it was still spinning like crazy. And it just kept going. When it got over to the first lane on the other side, the passenger door flung open and my friend went flying out the door. He landed on the seat of his pants and he skidded across the last lane of the motorway on the seat of the pants with the car chasing him. All the way, he went across the gravel and there was a bank uh, on the other side of the motorway there and he stopped a few inches short and the car comes spinning in beside him and stopped about six inches from him. You know, we got out of the car. I tell you, we weren't Christians at the time, but man, I had a mum that knew how to pray. And I can tell you, I know what happened at that time. The lower court might have decided these guys are statistics. They've gone. But the higher court, God said, overruled. I'm the Lord that opened the Red Sea for Moses. I can make a way through the traffic for these guys. I've got a destiny and a purpose. You can look back in your life. There's times where God's intervened and done things for you. You can't explain it, but you just know it, that he was there and that he cared about you. I remember sitting in another car and uh, in Avondale. I can still remember the spot. And uh, we were just talking to friends, and then these two girls come over just to chat. They knew the driver of the car, but I didn't know who they were. They were sisters. And one had red hair, flaming red hair. The other one had this black hair, and she was just gorgeous. Just amazing. I've never seen anyone like her. And I'm sitting in the passenger seat, and I'm thinking, wow, who is this person? And, and she was just short. She was about, just stand up a minute. She, she was about that high. Stand up, show them. That's about it. She looked, she looked a little bit taller because her black hair was all done in beehives. They used to backcomb it, and it was up a bit higher. So she looked a little bit taller at the time. But, you know, I'm sitting in the car, and the lower court saying all sorts of things. She'll never go out with you. You know, she's too good for you. And then I'm thinking, I was really shy, shy as a teenager. And, um, and I'm thinking... My friend might drive off in the car. I don't know who her name is. I don't know what. We didn't have cell phones or anything like that to flick out who, who's find out people. And, and, and my mind's racing. I think I've got, to, I've got to say something to her, you know. And so finally I, I get up courage and, and I get out there and, and, and my mind's going like this. If you ask her, all your friends are going to hear. And then they're not going to stop laughing, you know, if, when she says no. Because that's what I was thinking was going to happen, you know. And so, you know, so I finally got close to her and I just says, hey, how would you like to go out, you know, one night this week, you know? And so the courts are out, you know, the lower court's buzzing and the, the, over, the high court overruled. She said yes, you know. But I tell you, know, but, but history swings on small hinges. You know, some of you, some of you feel like you're never going to connect with the right person. There's never going to be somebody for you somewhere that's missed out or, or in the past there's been a relationship that hasn't worked out and, 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 and just wonder if, if something's going to, you know, God takes care of every need you have. He's got a way of leading and guiding and we can trust him to lead us into what he has for us. I remember the first time I preached and I got invited, uh, I was at Bible college and, and, I got approached by, by the lecturers, and they said, oh, we've got a church. They've asked for a student to come, and they chose me. You know what I mean? Man, I felt that was pretty 
proud of that. You know, that was great. So, yeah, I go to this church. Yeah, I love to preach. And so I've got about three weeks to prepare. So I spend all the time preparing and preaching and praying like crazy. And finally, I go to this hall. And, um, and, and when I get there, it's, it's like a town hall. And, and, and I went inside it. Somebody was there, opened the door. And I went in, there's about 100 or so seats out. And I thought, oh, that'll be a good crowd, you know. It'll be great. I got this thing. People are going to get healed and saved. And all this stuff's going to happen. It's going to be the most fantastic meeting that anyone's ever been to before. And so, and, but they had a stage like this, but they had a curtain across. And they had the platform down here. So I said, oh, look, I'll go and pray, you know, up the back of the stage for the guy who let, let me in. And I went up there and I, I prayed for about half a minute because, I mean, I prayed so much. I mean, what else do you pray for, you know? I was, I was just nervous, so it was a good place to hide. But the good thing about the curtain, it had holes in it. So I could sneak up and see as people came in. The crowd came in, you know, and I heard some footsteps. So I peeked out and, oh, there's two people coming in. And and uh, and then laid another set of footsteps, and it was a pianist, and she comes down to play the piano, which was really great, you know. And and I was sort of waiting for the rest to come, and and time went on. And it got to about ten o'clock, and 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 there were only four four people, and there was still someone at the door. And I thought, oh, you know, and and it got to ten o'clock, and and I thought, oh, oh hold on, it could be like just Elman Fungaray, you know, people come at ten past or quarter past or. You know, I figured, you know, I'll just wait as long as I can. And, and anyway, but, but they started to play the first song, so I sort of had to go down. And, and there are only five people, five people. And, and it was, but for me, this was my first time. Like this was, and I'm going, this isn't really a church. You know, why did they ask me to go? I mean, how did they, you know, and, and I'm thinking every negative, maybe I should only preach 10 minutes, you know. And and, uh, and 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 so all this stuff's going on, and how do you how do you you know what do I do? And uh, and I I remember you know, just thinking. And when I got up to preach, you know, this is what I did. I preached to a hundred people, you know. And I I don't know the poor people in the front probably thought I was a bit loud, you know. I didn't have a microphone. And I had to get close. I had to yell for the people at the back to hear. <laughs> You know, everything that was going on, I kept looking at the back, and they must have thought, what on earth is he doing, you know? But anyway, we, they, they seemed to survive it, and I survived it. And, and you know, after you've preached, often, you know, you've just given everything, and, and inside you, whoa, you sort of close down. And, and, and anyway, we closed. We had the last hymn, and, and I'm sitting there and, and uh, just, you know. Think, and this old lady, she, she got up from the front row, and she just comes straight up to me. She took hold of my hand and she said, son, you've got it. You just keep going for it. You've got it. And she shook my hand and she walked straight out the door. And I realized there were only four people. You know, God had sent an angel because he knew that this young preacher needed something to encourage him to keep him going. But you know what? I told you that because the Bible says don't despise the day of small things. Some of you have ventured out into business or into a new job or a career. And things haven't just gone exactly the way that you think it would. Often there's testing just when you're starting out on new ventures. But you can trust God. That God sows things in your heart and your life. And what starts off small, it'll grow step by step, inch by inch. You know, trust God to lead you and guide you in the right way. This was the path for us. This was God's leading for us. And we followed it. And God has blessed the things 
that we have done. God overrules in your life experiences. God the Most High overrules in health and healing. We've seen so many people healed miraculously. And God can heal you today, whatever situation you're facing in your body, in your health. There are conditions here today. Felt God speak to me about different areas of people that will be sitting here today. People have got pain in joints and knees and the back and hips. You know, God can take that from you. We'll pray at the end and just believe for God to do a miracle. There are others of you here that have to do with your stomach and, and, and your whole digestive system. But God can bring correction. God can bring healing to your body and to your life. You know, God says, I am the Lord who heals you. God forgives all my sins. He heals all of my diseases. I remember when Maggie was diagnosed, she had a lump on her breast and had to go for an operation to remove this cancer from her body. And we were just new Christians at the time. And, and we went to the doctor and the doctor said, said you're going straight to hospital. And, and he booked her in for just a few days ahead of the time we were at. And, and uh, Maggie said, oh, look, I'm a Christian. God's going to heal me. He, he says, okay, just turn up at the hospital in a few days' time. You know, He wasn't so confident about that. But we prayed. We had friends around with healing ministry. And, and, and we just believed in God to work this miracle. But, but nothing happened. There was no evidence at all. And remember in the, park, in, in the car park, just before she went into hospital, and we prayed again. But, you know, it was still there. And so then she went in. So I went in with her, and I was in the waiting room just waiting to see, well, how long I'd have to stay there or when she'd be able to come home or was she going to stay overnight, what was going to happen. I was, I was sitting there for about 20 minutes. And then the door opened from, you know, where she'd gone into it, where the surgery was, and, and out of it comes Maggie's coming out there with a big smile on her face. And I'm looking at her like, what's going on? And she grabbed hold of my hand. She said, I'll tell you when we're outside. So we go, go outside. And, and, you know, the specialists that come and, and uh, for the, you know, pre, pre-surgery, just uh, examination and, and all that, there was no lump there. They couldn't find anything. And the doctor that was there, Maggie said, you know, the, the doctors looked at her and, and grinned and said, you expected something like this, didn't you? You know, it's amazing. You think, why didn't it happen the first time we prayed? Why didn't it happen with our friends coming? But God's got a way of leading us. The reality is this. Whatever you are facing health-wise, God is the Lord, our healer. You know, some healings happen immediately. We pray for them. Some of them, we've prayed again and again for situations over a long period of time and then seen the healing. Don't know why it works like that. And, of course, we've seen people also with cancers and that, and they've gone, gone to be with the Lord. But, you know, nobody's ever gone without us being at a good place in God together, believing together and knowing his peace and his grace that this is the journey and this is the track for them where they are at in the situation. You know, God overrules in the area of healing. God the most high overrules generational spirits. What do I mean by this? What I mean by this, you know, a lot of things we struggle with are problems and, and, and issues, things in, in, in our family line. We, we can see it in other people in, in our family, in grandparents or uncles or aunties or brothers or sisters or cousins. And, and you see the same sort of trait 
in their lives. A, a little bit like, you know, our, our physical features, the color of our hair and, and, and things like that. It, these things are passed down. And so also can certain things like, like a tendency towards being be tipped towards depression or anger or a hot temper or an addiction. And we can see it happen in other people's lives. The Bible says this. You've got the scripture there. You know, that I lay the sins of the parents upon their children. The entire family is affected, even children in the third and fourth generation of those who reject me. But I lavish unfailing love for a thousand generations on those who love me and obey my commands. You know, some of the things that you are dealing with have been passed down. They didn't start with you, but they can end with you. You, can, you are the one that can make a difference A new day can come. Freedom can come to your life and to your home. In the scriptures, Isaac's wife, Rebecca, was dishonest. She manipulated her children to get what she wanted. She deceived her husband to try to get her own way. Her son, Jacob, was just like his mother. He was a deceiver. He tricked his brother out of his birthright and his blessing. And he had to leave home. And go and work for his uncle. His uncle Laban had that same spirit upon him. It was on the whole household. It was on that family. Spirit of deception. He was dishonest. And Jacob came to work for him. And and Jacob said, well, if you work for me for seven years, you can marry my daughter Rachel. And Jacob was in love with her. And he said, seven years just went like one day. And the marriage day came. And he gets married. And he wakes up in the morning. It's the wrong woman. It's her older sister. I mean, how weird is that, you know? I mean, you talk about dishonest and manipulation and control, everything. It's all there. And the same spirit was in Jacob's life. And over the time, I mean, you've got to read the whole story. I'm not telling it all now. But over the 20 years that he was with Laban, Laban changed his his wages 10 times. And all the time trying to cheat him. And Jacob was just as bad trying to manipulate and cheat his uncle so that he got the advantages. And this went on and on until one day Jacob decided he was going to go back. God had had enough. God was going to deal with this thing once and for all. And Jacob came back to meet his brother that he had cheated 20 years before. He was desperately afraid of meeting him. And he sent his family over a river and he spent one night on the side of the river alone by himself, and God came and met with him. It says God wrestled with him all night. Not just physical wrestling, but it was physical wrestling, but it was emotional. It was to do with his mind, with his thinking. He was fighting through all of those things, the cheating of his brother, all the hurt that he had felt as Laban cheated him time after time. All the pain of that came up as he's wrestling with God and wrestling with who he was as an individual. And it says that in the morning, Jacob humbled himself. He was a broken man. And he said, God, don't you leave me until you bless me. And God went to Jacob and changed his name. Jacob means a supplanter, a deceiver, a cheat. And God changed his name, said, no longer are you going to be called Jacob. I'm going to call you Israel, a prince of God. His life was transformed. And God broke that spirit of deception on the family. It was still evident there in his sons. They manipulated and cheated things as well. 
But there was one son that was different. His name was Joseph. And Joseph, you don't find anything bad written about Joseph at all. He was a man of integrity. And he not only worked things out in his own life despite the terrible test that he went through, but he also changed the hearts of his brothers. God broke this deception line that was in that family from that generation, from that moment with Jacob, through Joseph, he brought the change to the whole family. You know, God wants to change things in your life, in your circumstances. I remember there was a time in a movement where we took um, authority over what we called a spirit of poverty that we could see working in Elam and our leaderships and our, you know, our pastors and, and wives like, you know, we were always being restricted in, in what, we, what the vision was and where we could go. And we felt that at some point, you know, at one of our conferences, everybody came forward and we took authority. We asked God to forgive us for ever having a mindset of just trying to do things the very least way we could, spending the least amount of money, not doing things excellently. You know, when we were building things or decorating a building, just doing it the cheapest way possible. You know, Doing things excellently is important. Doing things excellently means it doesn't mean being extravagant. What it does mean is doing the very best with the resources that you have. But we could see that we were being restricted, and that was not happening. And so we prayed for it. I remember going home to our family and uh, gathering the kids around, talking to them about our background, where we came from, and just saying that this needed to be confronted we prayed for them we've seen God's blessing in so many ways over our own lives in our wider family we've seen so many people just come out of this background and into something new you know God wants us to know his blessing in all of our life my last point is this and if the users could come now that would be really fantastic is God the most high overrules your losses you know all of us here at some point We've made decisions, bad investments. We've made mistakes. Whatever's happening might have faced a redundancy. Sickness might have come, and changes had to come to your life and your circumstances. Sometimes goods or money has been stolen from us, and you think you can never make up that loss. How can that happen? You know, there's a story in the Bible of David, and you've got it there. I'm not going to take time talking about it. But at the end of the story, it was like David and all his men, they lost their families. They lost all of their possessions. They lost everything. Their hearts were broken. The men became, cried so hard, they, their spirits became bitter. And they talked about stoning David. But then as they turned to David, they saw something happen. The Bible says that David strengthened himself in the Lord. When they saw their leader strengthening himself, encouraging himself in God, turning to God. You see, they didn't have the faith of their leader, but they trusted their leader because they knew when he connected with God, things turned for good. David said to God, what should we do? God said, pursue after them and you will recover all. You know, if you've suffered losses in your life, financial, physical, relational, whatever. You know, the men didn't just wait there and it come back to them. They had to pursue. They had to fight a battle. Then they had to restore and bring everything back. 
to where their town was. They didn't have to rebuild the town. Sometimes the recovery takes time. Sometimes God's recovery isn't like for like. Like it might be a financial loss, but he might bring a quality of life that's worth far more than money into your experience. You know, you've got to balance off losses to gains, to the pluses that God has brought your way. But you know, it always takes a confronting of whatever the issue is. You know, this morning, I want to pray a prayer and I want to pray it over all of you. And it's a prayer like this. I just want to pray for God's very, very best for your life, whether it's you as an individual or you as a family. Whether some of you are, are here and you're married and your partner's not here, I want to pray over you like, like your partner is here, like you're standing together because, you know, that's God's purpose and that's God's plan for you. And I want you to pray just a little bit, just saying to God, God, you know, bring these things. God has spoken things to you, things that come to mind, things that have been happened in the past, things, losses that have happened, health and healing. If you're believing for that, God can work a miracle in this moment. And we're going to reach out and touch God. Can you all stand? Thank you very much. And what I invite you to do, and I want everybody to pray this, what I'm going to do is just pray and thank God for who he is, the love for us, for Jesus, for the victory. And I just want you to lift to God, you know, whatever it is your need is. And I want you to speak it out. So that's just so you can speak it silently or you can say it in words that can be heard. It's just totally up to you. Whatever your need is, whatever spirit needs to be broken, whatever generational thing you see has been working in your life and think, wow, that's right. That's in my uncle. That's in my cousin. That, that's in my grandparents. Man, you know, today let's make a stand and commit this to God and say, God, break that spirit off my life right now so if you just pray after me dear heavenly father I thank you that you love me I thank you that you're here with me right now father God I lift my heart towards you I thank you Lord Jesus for dying on the cross for my sins and breaking the power of the enemy Lord, I lift to you and just just name it. Just take a moment and talk to God and lift it to you. It might be for you, might be for your husband, your wife, might be for your kids, might be somebody who's on your heart, just needs an absolute breakthrough to happen. Father God, we lift these things to you right now. And Lord, in your name, Lord, I take authority in the name of Jesus. And God, Lord, I break every curse, every generational curse right now. In the name of the Lord Jesus, I break it off every individual's life and every family. Lord, that from this day forward, Lord, there will be breakthrough. There will be change. There will be healing. There will be wholeness. There will be an addiction broken. There will be a new start. There will be a new life. Lord, I thank you for the anointing of the Holy Spirit. And Lord, we want to give you the praise. Let's just give him the praise together this morning. Thank you, Lord Jesus. You know, you might have come in here and you weren't in a good place. This is the thing. You know, where you are isn't who you are. 
you know, how you started doesn't matter. It's how you finish is what matters. But you are the one to set a new standard in your life. You might be the first one in your family to ever go to university. You might be the first one to ever start a business on your own. You might be the first one to bring your kids to church, to to know God in all those ways. God has your hand in his hand, and he watches over you. Thank you, Peter. Fantastic word, Bob. It's great to have you up ministering with us. Part of our Elam DNA is that we expect breakthrough. And so thanks for that word on that, that we expect breakthrough as a, as a movement. And we do believe that God can break into whatever situation you're facing yourself. Well, as the team come and we receive the offering, maybe you've felt that, that you need to make things right with you and God. Maybe when Bob was praying and you prayed along, and you said, yeah, that's me, I... I do need to accept the grace of Jesus Christ. Would you do me a really awesome favor? You've got a connect card. Would you just fill that out and pop that in the offering bucket? We'd love to get alongside you to give you a call during the week. And uh, so if that was you, you can do that. Also, you can put in any other connect card from any anything you'd like. We'd love to connect with you. As we take up the offering, let me share the scripture with you from John chapter 12, verse 24. It says, unless a kernel of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it remains just a single seed. But if it dies, it produces many seeds. So much of what God has imprinted on us as humans comes in the form of a seed. So much of of what God has designed for the kingdom comes in the form of a seed. Just something really small. Just something that may even seem insignificant. But when it gets planted... It gets grown up, it gets watered, it turns into something significant. Let me encourage you today that that God calls us to live lives where we plant seeds, where we sacrifice just a little portion of what we have, and we believe Him to bring a harvest from the seed. As we receive the offering, let me encourage you that if you're giving today, you're planting a seed, and that let's believe God together that He's going to do something mighty through what you've given. Awesome. Let me pray. God, we thank you for everything you're doing in this place. Thank you that that we have the privilege of giving a portion of what you've already given to us back to you and that you're going to take that and do something mighty with that. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. May God bless you as you give this morning. As we rend our hearts, would you rend the heavens as we sing your praises? God, come with your praise.
Awesome. Well, as we conclude our service today, let me encourage you, if something has touched you in the message or the worship, we've got a ministry team up here that love to connect and pray with you. If you're new, we'd love to catch up with you in the guest lounge. And uh, why don't you pick up an uh, invite card if you've got a cousin or a neighbor that you think would love to come to church. We'd agree with you. Why don't you pick up an invite card and get that to them this week. Before you go, let me encourage you with this blessing. May you understand deep in your heart the Father's love for you. And this week, may His Spirit empower you daily for whatever you are about to overcome. Have a great week, and we'll see you next week. Bless you guys.